Forget the last 15 years. Let's just look at our WWE careers. You signed with WWE two and a half years before I did, and yet I have been Intercontinental Champion twice. I have been the Universal Champion. I won the United States title at WrestleMania while you watched from the back. Just like you will watch when I main event hell in a cell and destroy Shane McMahon. That's not even it. There's more. You know, last week I said that headbutting Vince McMahon was a mistake, and it was. But even that mistake, let me ask you, what have you ever done in your career? Forget your career. What have you ever done in your life that ever had as much impact as the impact my skull had on Vince McMahon's head? You're right. But you've also taken every cheap shot. You've also cut every corner. You have taken every reprehensible action to get to where you are. So fine, you know what? Right now, I'm not doing too great. I'll admit that, but guess what? My day will come. And when it comes, I will do it my way. I will do it the right way. So fine. You won the Intercontinental Championship, and I never did. Fine, you won the United States Championship, and I never did. Fine, you were a Universal Champion, and I never was. But the real difference between you and me, Kevin, is when I look myself in the mirror, I don't see a giant piece of trash looking back at me. Ladies and gentlemen, it is another edition of Just What the Internet Needed More Of. That's right, a wrestling podcast. Another wrestling podcast. It is called Top Marks. It is another wrestling podcast called Top Marks. My name is Justin Morissette, and I am pleased to be joined, as always, by the janitor himself, Josh Custodio. Wow, Justin, you fire me up every week with that. But let me ask you something. Do you remember the guy from Storage Wars who just used to go, Yep! Uh, no, I don't, I'm not really a Storage Wars guy. Yeah, you shouldn't be. It's a terrible show. But all you need to know is the sort of heel in that show would just yell, yep, and it was okay. super annoying. Okay. And I almost, when you said, the janitor himself, I almost was like, yep. Well, all I know about that show is they're like, <laughs> when they go to break, it's like, oh, no matter what happened, I wasn't going to let Phil get the inside of that locker. And that, yeah. And then they come back from break, and it's like Phil got the yeah. inside of the lock. Yeah, Phil. Phil always that's, does that. That's like what or passes like, as suspense. They would also tease like. Oh, this looks like a real shitty locker. And then there'd be like a dusty cardboard box with the Temple of the Ark in it or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, this is... Ark of the Covenant. Yeah, I'm not, uh, I'm not great with the Well, religion. you don't open that stuff. Yeah. No. Yeah, that's dangerous. Yeah, you might. That's a face melter right there. That's the opening Pandora's box of Christianity. Oh, yeah, or there'd be like a box that's like covered in spider webs and on the inside of it is like a, a bunch of like Mickey Mantle baseball cards. <laughs> and, and it's like, there's no way those were in there. Like, they're pristine. Yeah, they just plant that stuff yeah. every week oh they definitely do yeah it's fake it's yeah. completely fake and that was that is actually was revealed oh and, was it yeah oh, and, I didn't and know then that. people were like well obviously what do you expect it to be real it's like well it is reality of. television yeah actually what, what's more real uh, i just assumed that if there was a boring locker you'd edit <laughs> that part out 
Speaking of editing that part out, maybe this is the beginning of the show because we've gone wildly off course. Yep. It is Top Marks. It is a pro wrestling podcast. If you've never listened before, and of course, every week is somebody's first episode. Hello and thank you. Uh, Josh and I break down the top three stories of the week for a maximum of 15 minutes at a time. That is, of course, the length of... A WCW TV title match. Yes, and if we do not find a victor at the end of 15 minutes, the buzzer sounds and we simply move on to the next topic. We Josh, just call it a draw. Yeah, what are our topics this week? Justin, I'm going to tell you what the topics this week are. Sure. Pretty, I kind of just asked you to do that. That's what I'm going to tell you. Yeah. I'm going to just get right to it. I've got it written down. Yeah. I mean, you know what they are. I Actually, this week, the third one might be a mystery to me. <laughs> okay, then, Justin. <laughs> in round number one, this Sunday is a pay-per-view that uh, we'll get to our excitement levels on. It's Hell in a Cell, a SmackDown exclusive pay-per-view. We're going to break down the matches on that, uh, gauge our excitement levels, predict what might be the match of the night. In round number two... Um, end of Monday Night Raw this week, something kind of big happened. Something I say every single week on the show is bound to happen. And finally, it was proven right. The Shield sort of teased a reunion. Yeah. I, more than, I mean, teased is putting it lightly. Yeah, I mean, they're... They didn't say anything, I guess. They didn't put the fists in. No, I they were just like the thinking about how close they are as brothers. <laughs> I would, and we will yeah. also think about that. Yeah, that's Actually, what you need to know, folks, is that Josh and I, before we started recording this episode, we just like sat wordlessly yes. in silence, just like staring at each other and nodding. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's how we it's hang happening. out. It's, yeah. This, it, it's, we're, it's got a big pod feel. <laughs> and it's, it's happening. <laughs> we're just nodding at each other. Just. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, I haven't really ever see, heard you speak I mean, off of the show. It's hard to demonstrate right now because, like, again, it just would be a, a long, dead silence. And that's not great well, podcasting. Well, sh- should we try it, though? Yeah, just yeah, to, yeah. Okay, just to so. show the people what they missed out, what I had to edit about 25 minutes of out <laughs> before we did the intro. So here's what it sounded like. So as you can imagine, it's yeah. that, yeah. but like way longer. And then like all the people who are also in the apartment are just going wild. Yeah, yeah. It's like, oh my God, just these Deanna. two buddies yeah. <laughs> are back together doing what they're known for again. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I mean, it's nice to be able to pop the crowd like that. I, I do think. greatly enjoy it. Yeah. Thanks, Deanna, for popping so hard on exactly. that. Exactly. In round number three, Justin, we're going to talk about a man near and dear to my heart. It's Samuel Zane. Samuel, I don't think is his name. That's that's his birth name. I don't think so. It is. No, I really don't I think I just so. looked it up. His it's His birth name is anywhere close to Sammy, even. <laughs> now it's Samuel. Uh, but, uh, yeah, we're going to talk about Sammy Zayn, where he's at right now. And, uh, you know, there's been a lot of complaints about his placement of late. Uh, but maybe he's been a little bit more prominent than we might think. It does seem that way. And I think Sunday might have something in store to him. But we'll talk about that more in round number three. Absolutely. But before we get there, Josh. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, well, we kind of entered into a feud this week. Yeah, unintentionally. But here we are, united. Yeah. But sure enough, in a feud. Yeah. I'm calling you out, Podcaps FC. Yeah. Local Whitecap Soccer Podcast. Yeah. Two bullshit heads. Well, one in particular. Oh, yeah, one real bullshit head. He's stepped on your gimmick a lot lately. I know, and honestly, it's getting a little frustrating, John. I mean, you spend your life really, you know, I, I didn't choose this last name, but I did cultivate it into, you know, a gimmick that really could only be called money at this yeah, exactly. point. Exactly. And, Justin, could you fill them in on what uh, your co-host there on Real Good Show, John Cullen, did 
to incite this feud. Well, uh, first he, you know, very badly mistreated our good friend Chris James. Who we love. Oh, absolutely. We adore him. The and, greatest man. And Chris, uh, of course, has to put up with John's abuse week after week. Which Poor fella. I, of course, relate to because yes. uh, I also have to uh, bear the brunt of that on, right. on Real Good Show every yeah. week. It's true. Uh, it's tragic, but that's what happens. He's a real bully. He is. Uh, and, of course, uh, I tried to uh, lend some support. To my friend Chris, by offering nice him uh, a, a, an on-air spot on Sportsnet Radio at some point to <laughs> talk about the Whitecaps, and he wanted to talk about that, but John kept veering him wildly off course uh, to, to try and hold him down and feel <laughs> like he does not have any accomplishments when, of course, he's a very accomplished man who we love dearly. We, I mean, he it really is the talent yeah. of Podcaps, there's no question. And about. I was then invited onto Podcaps FC to talk about our issues with John. Good. And then John posed as Chris to say that I was uninvited <laughs> and it would never happen. And then John, and then Chris rather, uh, posted a video of himself saying that actually that was John and that was a despicable tactic and that I am invited onto the show and he does want that to happen. So are you going to go onto the show? I am. And I think I'll bring you with me because A, you're a big Whitecaps fan. You're I am. a season ticket holder. Of course. And also you have a beef as well because lately John has been post- posing rather as a, as a janitor. I know. This is, it's getting, I mean, listen, your last name's Cullen. Yeah. Mine is Custodio. I've already got, you know, how many steps ahead am I in the janitor game? Exactly. So it's it's a fruitless endeavor, John. You know, stop embarrassing yourself. You know, find a, don't, no gimmick infringement needed. You're a talented man. But we may very soon have a, a crossover episode with Podcaps FC. Yeah, which I'm, I'm excited for, yeah, frankly. Yeah, absolutely. Me as well. If only because we can finally end this bitter feud. What if I sort of. Inside Hell in a Cell. Listen, I don't want to break kayfabe here, but I really do like John, what if I turn and join him? You're, uh, you're telegraphing your betrayal already? I'm just saying I love pro wrestling so much that falling into a mechanic of what might make things more interesting seems like something I would do. I, I think that this show should have a clean finish, honestly. I think <laughs> it would be a more satisfying conclusion. But if you want to drag this suit onwards and create a new faction with John Cullen, <laughs> you go right ahead, my friend. The janitor world See order. I care. <laughs> I think you'd care. <laughs> uh, so this was the most inside baseball off the hop of the show ever, Probably, Justin. yeah. Is there anything else we should get to? Oh, we do have an ad this week oh uh i kind of meant to tell you about this justin but what? I, I guess we're here so the the company that sends in for the ad every week yeah you they, said last week that they kind of want me to do the reads now. well not really they, they sent in a script this week as they always do okay and this week's is i gotta be honest it's it's pretty r-rated it's pretty vulgar oh, and what? horrible and I, I don't feel comfortable saying these things to you so i figured maybe you could say them to me because i'd rather just be on the receiving end okay so here, i'm just gonna pass you You've never seen this before, so just so do you know how I usually do it? So put on, put on, put a bit of stink on it. Of you know, course, make it an of ad. Course, okay, of course. <clears throat> Are you a fucking idiot? <laughs> yes. Are you an utter piece of shit? Yes. Do you, Josh? <laughs> yeah. I'm not reading this. <laughs> well, that's what they want, no, Justin. No, they... it's too much. <laughs> it's. I'm not. This is too. <laughs> I have a future <laughs> in this industry to think about. And there are some lines I will not cross. Well, uh, you know, I don't care what they want. I'm not doing it. I got it. Okay. Well, I'll just listen. So let's. Yes. I mean, every man has a price, but that (laughs) is not my price. Okay. Well, listen, Justin, all those things and more can be cured if you buy yourself a 2005 Epiphone Thunderbird (laughs) bass. 
Do you do you think that might help you? I probably in my day to day life. You know, every band I think always needs a rhythm section. I think that's mostly true. And it's probably the bass guitar that is like the least commonly played instrument. I well, that's well, that's kind of mean to say so, to be honest. So that's... if you got good at it, you probably could join a band. <laughs> that's good. Because like most bands don't need a singer or a lead guitarist. No, they got they lots of those. They start with those. Of course, that's everybody wants to do that. Exactly. So you could be and that there's person. There's always some weirdo who plays drums. <laughs> yeah, always an idiot. <laughs> yeah, but like who chooses to willingly play the bass? <laughs> no one. But it could be you. And if you use <laughs> discount code TOPMARKS, you will turn up in our search results. Yeah, there's no it's it's not a, a really traditional discount yeah. code. In the, insofar as it gives you a discount, exactly, it's it's more just like a like you feel good, yeah, in yeah. that you're signaling that you want the base, y- yeah, exactly. And we come to you then. So if you are interested in this base, use discount code <laughs> TalkMarks at Twitter.com/slash/J0SHC, and I'm sure they'll hook you up with the going price. And with that, let's move on to round number one. one. Round one, fight. <laughs> Justin, you're a very nice man. This is known. You're nice. When uh, you die, I think you'll probably go to heaven. I, I hope so. Uh, some others. I mean, I don't necessarily believe in either option. Oh, well, then maybe not. Yeah. I mean, if Jesus is listening, you're hooped. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's... But, Justin, uh, well, you are going to heaven. Some people this weekend are going to hell, and that's Hell in a Cell. This Sunday, a SmackDown exclusive pay-per-view. Justin, let's start off the top A here. lot of people are going to hell, it turns out. The entire SmackDown roster. Wow, well, they, you know, wrestlers are terrible heathens. Yeah, that and is... maybe next year, all of Raw will do that. <laughs> well, I don't know <laughs> what makes you think that, but that's, that's kind of a mean thing to say. Justin, what, what's your overall excitement level going into Sunday? Higher than you would think for a show that is likely to be main-evented by a Shane McMahon marquee match. You do think that headlines, huh? Hey? It is the biggest program by far. I think so, too. It has too. been in the main slot for basically every SmackDown for the last, like, five weeks or so, and it deserves to be there. It's the most exciting thing by far. I mean, I am kind of more into this world title feud than I thought I would be, and I'm actually way more into this Randy Orton-Rusev feud yeah, than no I was kidding. at SummerSlam. Uh, this is actually a pretty good card, and... Uh, top to bottom, I think we're g- going to be in store for a lot of uh, pretty quality matches here. I'm, I'm really looking forward to the whole thing. Uh, you know, we got suckered into the hype for No Mercy with yeah. a, a card that had a lot of big matches that failed to deliver. This one doesn't have a lot of like, oh my god, why aren't they saving this match for WrestleMania Yeah, there's no Cena-Roman. But, but I think the actual work rate will be a lot higher than what we saw two weeks ago. I think there's a lot of reason to believe that. And uh, throughout this round, I'm going to be counting on you to get me excited. Because it sounds like you're there. I thought SmackDown put on kind of a weak go-home show this week. My, my main hook for this, as it has been for weeks, listeners of the show know, is the New Day and Usos match now being in a cell as well. I mean, these guys are putting on, I've said it here, I really do think it's the WWE feud of the year. I will keep watching these guys in matches, and I think the sell really adds a lot. Let's start there. Where? What are you feeling about this match? I think it would be a big-time disappointment if this match opens the show because yes. it's better than that. Now, you want something that's going to get you fired up for this lengthy card, of course, but they deserve uh, a prominent place here. I don't. Maybe they're the second from the top, in which case, what do you open the show with? Possibly the actual world title match. Wow. Uh, but They did that last year, didn't they, for a SmackDown show? Uh, yeah, but that was because they were up against the presidential debate. Right, right, and right. And didn't want to lose viewers. <laughs> so glad Hillary won that. Of hey? course, yeah, of course. <laughs> I wish that would have been a work. 
Um, but, uh, no, I, I'm really excited for this match. In fact, I'm really going to be sad when this feud is over because these Me two too. guys, uh, you know, the promos are not a lie. They have significantly raised the bar, raised the game for the tag division. Unquestionably. On SmackDown. And there's not a lot of teams that can stand up to what they have done here. No matter who their next feud is, for both of them, it's going to be a step down. Though... It is a possibility, perhaps, that uh, we see these two teams perhaps join forces yeah, as we head were... into a SmackDown, uh, a SmackDown versus Raw five-on-five five situation. Yeah, you were talking about this to me in our uh, personal lives. So you think there's an outside chance that you get the Usos and the New Day versus the Shield and the Bar at Survivor Series? These yes? two red-hot fire tag feuds that have been just stealing the show for months and months on both brands. You watch them have to join forces, these uneasy alliances, which is what Survivor Series always is about all that. about. Yeah. And I think that has more legs than a three-on-three Shield versus New Day match, personally. Sure. Of course, there's a lot of money in that, too, but you can probably save it for a later date if this Shield reunion is going to have some legs to it. I like this five-on-five idea. I, I mean, who knows what happens, but that's certainly something that could. Yeah, I definitely think anything isn't out of the question. I think even though Hell in a Cell is typically where a feud goes to die, I'm not going to say it's impossible the New Day and Usos continue out of this. I mean, where else is there to go on the SmackDown tag division? At least if you were to do that with Survivor Series, it's continuing them in a different way. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Because I do think this is it for the uh, you know, New Day versus Usos matches, which is unfortunate, uh, but I don't want to see these teams just part ways as of yet. No, the chemistry's too strong. You need to keep them together. Not necessarily now, but in the future. I hope there are more run-ins. Let's talk about the other match taking Let's place. Let's make a prediction on that match first. Why though? don't you go ahead and make a prediction? I'm pretty sure that the New Day are going to hang on to these titles uh, for a little while. I agree with you, Justin, and uh, I would have no problem with that or the Usos winning. That certainly seems predicated by the fact that this is kind of like a, a no-rematch clause kind of match. Right. Yeah, there's there's something to that. Uh, Justin, let's talk about the other match that's taking place inside Hell, in, Hell in a Cell, which is, of course, Kevin Owens versus Shane McMahon. Uh, you think it's probably headlining the show, yeah? Yeah, absolutely. And they added another stipulation to it this oh, week yeah, as well. Count it's a false count anywhere match, which makes me think that they felt kind of boxed in but not just by the cell, but like gonna, yeah. by the idea of what a Shane McMahon Hell in a Cell match is. Right. Because I don't think he can repeat the bump that he did against Undertaker at WrestleMania, and if he did, it wouldn't have the same level of impact necessarily. Of course, yeah. So that leaves you with two options. Maybe Kevin Owens pop-up power bombs him right through the roof of the cell down oh the God. ring, which would be horrific, <laughs> or you just let them battle out of the cell all over the arena and go backstage and do something crazy back there. I think it's definitely more likely to be the latter in that situation, although, and why I liked the addition of the false count anywhere, is I like the idea of going for pins outside the ring, but in inside the cage, like the floor there before they've broken out of. I think that's unique to a Hell in a Cell match, and I think that there might be some cool optics that happen there that we haven't seen before. I also think that this match will be pretty good. Like, okay. I, I know that Shane has his limitations, but like there is no question that the crowd is behind him right now. For sure, he yeah. Is not just like a baby face, but probably the top baby face on SmackDown. Wow, that and might be true. And it sucks to say that because he's not a great worker, but like... 
when you have that level of crowd empathy and support, and I think going after his kids really creates a lot of that. Yeah, he hates when you talk about his kids. I mean, it's kind of a dick move, you wow. know? Like, I love Kevin Owens, and I loved his comments, because, like, he went there, right. you know? Not a lot of people will do that. And then he assaulted Vince McMahon. Would this, you go this there? This whole build has been incredible yeah. in a lot of ways. I, I thought this week was the weakest segment of it. I, I almost wish the McMahon headbutt would have happened on the Go Home show, because I feel like that's really the still the visual that's in my mind. That's going to close out the video package before the match. That's that's what they're fighting about. And I wish that would have happened last night rather than three weeks ago. At the same time, that Vegas show was a very big show. You had right. a lot of eyeballs on that's it a good for point. a number of different reasons. That Usos uh, New Day tag title match, and also the fact that you know the May Young Classic was wrapping up afterwards. It had the feel of a pay per view on television, and it delivered that. And I think like you know that was a night where we got the whole gang together to watch that SmackDown together. We don't do that for SmackDown every week. No. And if that's what we're, we're going to do as a group, if that's what people perhaps all over the country are going to do, then that is the time to do it because that's when you're going to be left talking about that right. for the four weeks that will carry you to the pay-per-view. I think that's a good point. I just, In terms of getting stoked for Sunday, I didn't feel that from the main event segment this week. But I, I think it teased more of the... Falls Count Anywhere element, right. which is a, a new addition that maybe you do need to tease yeah. at the last minute here. And get it across that this is a... Yeah, th that's a good point, too. Uh, you would... Uh, Prediction on that one. Yeah, I think we both agree that Kevin Owens is probably going to win. Ooh, I want you to be right, Justin. I will also say Kevin Owens, but I have a fear that Shane McMahon's going to pull this one out. I just don't see the benefit in Shane ever winning any matches. I agree with you. I really just think this might be a McMahon ego thing where that first promo where he's like, I didn't suspend my son because he hit you. It's because he didn't kick your ass. Like, that line alone, I think I said it on the show. I was like, oh my God, this is for like the McMahon legacy. But at the same time, I think that this McMahon feud continues. That Owens jumps from here to Stephanie and Stephanie to Triple H eventually. I think that you're right about Mania that. Match. I think you're right about and that. And if that is the case, then it should hang on Vince that whatever happens to Shane on Sunday is entirely his fault. Ooh, okay. That is the direction you can go. I will pick Kevin Owens because I really want that to be the case, but I am a little bit fearful. Uh, we haven't even touched on the world title program, Justin. Uh, Shinsuke Nakamura versus Jinder Mahal. Where I, are we at? I know that a lot of people have been lukewarm on this. I defended that whole racism thing. So, yeah. you know, you know how we know I've, you love racism. How I've felt about it. You which adore is it. that it's been like largely pretty good. I, I've enjoyed the character direction for Jinder. I enjoy his promos and performances. The match you know, it wasn't a great one at SummerSlam. Can they do better here? Probably because they're probably going to get more time to deliver yeah, that's a better match true. as well. The one at SummerSlam was about 12 minutes long. You know, that's pretty short for a WWE title match. Definitely. But, of course, that was a packed pay-per-view where Rusev and, and Orton got nine seconds. Yeah, nothing. So uh, that's a match also that's going to have a lot more time on this particular pay-per-view. But I've been into this feud, and I think the crowd is too, because I think that racism element, as much as you think it's a despicable thing for the company to do or for Jinder to do as a character, puts a lot of sympathy on Nakamura. Mm -hmm. And I think that Shinsuke Nakamura has been kind of more over here these last few weeks it does in terms of way. the crowd chanting for him and going wild for him than he has been on his basically entire main roster run to this point. Besides the debut, I think you're right mostly there. And, uh, you know, it, that is certainly worth something. Mm. I felt like the segment that they had, the, both segments that they had on the last two SmackDowns in the lead-up to this pay-per-view, felt big in a way that 
Jinder with the title has not felt big in a long time. I don't know if he's actually going to drop it here because, of course, they do still have their tour of India coming up not long after uh, the pay-per-view, right. which you would think Jinder would probably still be the champ for, but it also feels like it is Nakamura's time. So uh, I'm going to go with Nakamura just because I feel like everybody pointing at this India tour, maybe that's too obvious. It's too reading the tea leaves. Mm. And uh, go with your gut here in terms of whose time it is now to hold that title, and it can't be anyone other than Shinsuke Nakamura. I think this feud's been inconsistent, but it's had moments that do draw me into it. At least, I mean, we've done rounds on it. There are talking points about this feud, and I think how I view it in hindsight it's going to have a lot to do with this match on Sunday. If they can really deliver in-ring and crown Nakamura, I think this feud will be a success, and I think it'll be pretty warmly embraced, even more so than he was before. Uh, I do think Jinder Mahal is going to retain the belt. I'm going to go the boring route, read the tea leaves, as you said. It so they still got that India tour coming up. That seemed to be why they put it on him initially. It seems a little premature to take it off him. But that said, going 0-2, it's a weird spot, but I'm going to go with Jinder Mahal. Justin, you mentioned them getting nine seconds. Uh, how do you feel about Orton and Rusev's rematch coming up here? We talked about after that match, it being the, the match that that feud deserved. <laughs> right, The yeah. build deserved, but not shitty. the one that Rusev deserved. Yeah. This build is the one that Rusev deserved. I feel like the last two weeks in particular have been really strong, and I've really enjoyed the way that they've incorporated these kind of undercard characters yeah, into the totally. feud as well, because obviously Aiden English has been a big part of this. <laughs> Rusev and, he's, and he's been super entertaining in that role, <laughs> and it gives kind of an underling character for Randy Orton to feud with. That's right, and can get wins, but Randy's selling for him a ton too, for Aiden English, I mean. Yeah, and and that has kind of been a common thing throughout the, the entire show because Sami Zayn is kind of filling that role as well sure. in uh, the Shane McMahon, Kevin Owens sort of deal. And I think there's one other example, too, that's currently escaping my mind. Uh, like an undercard guy. I feel like there is, it's too. It's sort of the role that uh, even the hype bros have played in the tag feud. Right, life. yeah. Or, or the ascension to Fandango. Exactly. Like using undercard guys and involving them in bigger angles. Uh, who do you think is going to win this one? Is this where we rehab Rusev a little bit? Uh, yeah, I hope so. I really don't think Randy needs that he got his big pop moment at SummerSlam, and, and Rusev needs to be big, you know? I think that if you want to continue with Nakamura as the champion, then perhaps Rusev is a good place for him to go after Jinder is done. I'd like to see that match. Perhaps build him up a little bit. And I think this match is actually going to be pretty good because I think both of these guys are good workers, though I know you might debate that on both fronts. Uh, Listen, I I like Rusev a lot. I don't think there's a ton of evidence for him being uh, a great worker, definitely a solid worker, and that's very much how I feel about Randy Orton, too. But I'm interested to see it. I think they could have a good match. I unfortunately do think Randy Orton's winning. But uh, I would love to be wrong on this one. And my predictions are dog shit generally, so uh, let's hope I'm wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Justin, what else do we got on this card? Hey, did you know AJ Styles is wrestling? Yeah, (laughs) and that's the guy who was escaping me because Ty Dillinger has been in that role in that feud. that's right. That's exactly And in fact, I'm actually really disappointed that this is not a three-way match. It seemed like it should be. Because it definitely should be from the build that it's had. And then I can believe that Baron Corbin could win the title. Right. Because he could pin Ty Dillinger. I do not for one second believe that Baron Corbin is going to pin AJ Styles. So by that time token, AJ retains, and I'm not as interested in this match as I would be in the dynamics of a three-way that Ty Dillinger was involved with, because honestly, I think Ty is the character I've been most invested in this whole time. Yeah, I I couldn't agree more with everything you said. I really thought this was going to be a triple threat. I'd be more into it if it was a triple threat, because AJ Styles is in it. I think it's probably going to be a good match, but yeah, I'm pretty cold on it going in. 
Uh, Let's move on to the women's title match of course. here we're running out of time. We've got a couple dynasties going at it. Absolutely. Uh, Charlotte Flair and Natalia Hart. What do we think of this, Justin? Are you excited? Yeah, I'm excited for Me the too. match. Me too. The, they have great chemistry. We saw it at the house show that we went to back in June, yep. or I went to, rather. Uh, th- it was an excellent match at the house show. I'm excited for this feud to continue, which means I don't think it's time to put the belt on Charlotte just yet. And Natalia carrying the belt into Survivor Series and perhaps dropping it there feels like the right thing to do. I called it a while ago when she won the belt against Naomi that I, I really thought that heel Natalia had hit a bit of a stride, and I, I maintain that. I like her as champion. I think the build to this has been super solid. All of her promos are right there. Uh, I agree with you that it's not Charlotte's time yet. That probably happens on a big four pay-per-view. But I am really looking forward to the match. Their NXT match was great. There's a lot of reason to think that this could be a bit of a sleeper show stealer. Pre-show, we've got Chad Gable and Shelton Benjamin taking on the Hype Bros. Seems like this is the time where the Hype Bros will finally break up. That's, or, I don't, who who cares? I don't, yeah, they It's going to be break. a good match, though. Shelton Benjamin and, and Chad Gable, I think, have been pretty entertaining. I don't think it's going to be a good match, because I think Chad Gable's the only guy who I really like in that match. <laughs> uh, Justin, anything to last say in one second? Uh, nope. Just fucking with you. <laughs> Did we cover all the matches there, or was there one left? No, we got them. Oh, okay, perfect. Unless I, that's from the Bleacher Report site. We got them. Got him. Anyways, moving on to round number... Oh, no, J- Justin. I'm doing that thing again. You always try to do this because, you know, honestly, you're afraid of what's coming, and I understand that. Folks, as Justin mentioned in the beginning, at the end of the 15 minutes, it used to be that if uh, we ran out of time, we would just declare it a draw, but no longer. I now go back and listen to our own show, and I gotta tell you, I love doing it, and I pick a decisive winner. Now, Josh, I have to stop you there for a moment because... This, of course, is prime real estate here. This this, this is, little yeah. territory in, in between, between rounds, rounds one and two. Yeah, yeah. And the people they've reached out to me. I've heard the complaints. I saw this. They miss Drummer Slam. <laughs> Everybody misses Drummer Slam, <laughs> which means we will have to bring it back at some point. But which, we got to do this. But I'm gonna have to put a cap on this. Oh, okay, yeah. Justin, go Look, ahead. Look, I'm already up two nothing. Wow, you didn't need in to the say overall that. You didn't need series. to say that. We could do this week after week, but like, if I'm eventually beating you like eighteen nothing, wouldn't you just feel embarrassed? No, Justin, because there's always a comeback. I'm a natural underdog baby face. Okay, well, I, I I'm like Daniel Bryan. Every pin, you're dying for me to get the belt more. I don't think so. I think this is only gonna <laughs> continue for another like two weeks or so because I'm gonna wrap it up in a best of seven series. Oh, I just need two more wins, unless you want to stage some kind of comeback, which I feel like is probably difficult for you. You know, Oh, my God. Your, your, your arguments aren't quite always there. Well, so. Justin, I hate to have my evidence support what you're saying, but unfortunately, <laughs> uh, this week, last week we uh, did uh, a No Mercy Fallout round where we talked about each of the matches and how we felt about it. Uh, I thought you made the, the better points in that round. Uh, however, I thought I really rebounded in our NXT Revival round, putting us at 1-1. Regrettably, Justin, in the third round, talking about Neville, I thought you made the better points, putting you up 2-1 to one and winning the week. <laughs> so, Justin, you want to update the folks at home to what that puts us at in totality? I am now up 3 to nothing, And, uh, you know, I, I want to say I kind of always thought I would be here. You know, I, I have the better opinions. Yeah. They're... And with that, <laughs> I'm the man that uh, humbleness forgot. I <laughs> Let's move on <laughs> to round number two. Round two. Fight. <laughs> Justin, let's say uh, you had two very good friends, okay? Let's say, uh, but one of them had screwed you over. Yeah, okay. How long would it take for you to go back to them and sort of warm up? And I mean, he really screwed you over. I mean, I feel like I was the guy. I was Seth. 
Oh, okay. In in, in like a, a high school, uh, I I had a gr- good group of friends throughout elementary school, and when we got to high school, we kind of parted ways for a little while, and and I don't know what exactly happened that that kind of. Sp- sparked that parting of the ways sure. you know people grow and just become different people or hit each other with chairs sometimes uh, yeah and i i like kind of took it badly that like we weren't hanging out anymore and maybe they thought i was big timing them i can't really say okay but uh i was kind of a dick about the whole thing oh okay yeah Justin. so i was the seth rollins and maybe that is why i empathize with <laughs> down on some level uh and it took us to probably like probably went from like grade nine to uh, like summer of grade eleven into grade twelve, so that's about three years or so. But you did get back fence. together in the end. Yeah, and he is a good friend of mine. In fact, he's my former roommate, Graham. Graham. Yeah. Oh my goodness, this is <laughs> tremendous. I didn't know you guys had this history, but you're saying so roughly a similar timeline to the Shield breaking up and getting back together. Yeah, yeah? like three years or so, about that. Why do I like three you so much, years. but hate Seth Rollins? It's I don't so know. Interesting. Yeah. Justin, the I Shield haven't betrayed you yet? <laughs> yet. What, what do you mean yet, bud? Nothing. I would never do that. Listen, player, you look. Turn. I'm up three nothing. Okay, like I don't need to betray you. This is going exactly how I planned. Wow, this is this is a terrible burial of Josh Custodio, the Dean Ambrose of the Shield for this podcast. Justin, the Monday Night Raw closed out this week with uh, Roman Reigns sitting in the locker room, Dean Ambrose entering from the left, Seth Rollins entering from the right. The crowd's going wild, and they sort of exchange knowing glances that they're you know they're going to team up against this club, Mizturage sort of what do you want to call that? The bar. Bar Miz, the bar bar mitzvah, the Miz to bars. Yeah, um, you're welcome. I'm not alone in making that bar mitzvah joke. Again. Oh, really? Yeah, again, Pollock and Way. They get they always, you know, they record wow. their show right after Raw's over, so they get the best stuff. I can't believe you listen to that. I show. don't. I just read it on the title <laughs> of their episode. <laughs> regardless, uh, regardless. Uh, you know what? I was actually very happy to see. Uh, the bar joined forces with Miz yeah. on Raw because it makes it a natural collision of both feuds. Yes. In that, you know, we just talked about the fact that the bar and Ambrose and Rollins have been having unbelievable matches just straight for, fire. for several months now. Yeah. Uh, really, really enjoyable stuff, both in singles competition as well as the tag team title matches that they've had. And uh, to put those two teams together uh, and um, and tack that on to this blossoming Miz Reigns feud, which has organically been a part of the Cena feud, so it's not yeah. like it's come out of nowhere. That match kicked ass on Monday, by the way, Reigns and Miz. Yeah, uh, it's been like really, really good to see this blossoming of of the Miz. Yeah. as kind of a top heel on Raw, which I did not think would happen. But you know? really, is the spot for absolutely him. that? But that he always felt like the guy who would have that spot on SmackDown. And he kind of did to a level. He did, for sure, yeah. Uh, Though, again, still with the lower belt. He didn't get a run with that world title. I don't know if if Miz is going to get a run with the Universal Championship, but he should probably at some point. There is money in him. He can talk... Like the best of them, definitely. He, he currently is the best of them. Without, qu- although after Enzo Amore on Monday, I think uh, we're back having that discussion. Ooh, but that's okay. uh, that's a whole other dialogue. Well, I mean, their their recent showdown did not go well for Enzo. That is a hundred percent true. So I'm going to give the nod to Miz on that one. So Justin, what of the timing here? Is this the right time to get the Shield back together? I, it feels like a desperation move because ticket sales are sagging a little bit, right? And 
that's too bad because you would want this to be something that is long thought out. Right. And maybe it is because it seems like this has been the eventual direction ever since they started teasing that Rollins and Ambrose were going to get back together in the first place. Right. And I know they've always said that like, oh, Roman's off doing his own thing and we don't need to worry about him. But, you know... That's what the fans want to see. And ever since the draft, when Ambrose came back to Raw, and you've had all three guys on the same show, all in the same alignment, you know, we, we talked about after that shuffling that this is an inevitability. It doesn't make sense to have them broken up if they're all baby-facing on the same and show. And I think the only reason that they broke up in the first place was that there were no more opponents for them to face. Which was true. They had a pretty dominant run for a good almost two years where they just ran through every possible trio in the entire company. They had trios made up for them. Oh, of, what was that? Ryback, Big Show, and Kane? Yeah, you know, like, they... they <laughs> My favorite faction. Absolutely. Big people. They, they did it all, and there was no one left for them, so the timing for the breakup was right. Uh, and I think the timing for them to come back together is right as well, because, you know, New Day has become a big deal in, sure. in the same mold of the Shield. You, yeah. When you look at what each of those three guys bring to the table... There is kind of a shield comparable for each of them. Yes, three stars. Yeah, or at least, you know, you know, Big E is the Roman Reigns. Yeah. And maybe you can parse which of the other two is the other two. Yeah, Kofi's probably the Seth Rollins just because they're athleticism. Now, I know that that's kind of the dynamic of every tag team is that there's no, a but big guy a who point. gets the hot tag. Yeah. But I felt like very early in the New Day's run, it seemed kind of modeled on that shield dynamic. That's interesting. And now that they are long since established and again find themselves in sort of the situation that the shield did at the time as a, a group who has just been dominant for years and years and has mm -hmm. not... Not a lot of opponents left. Maybe the time is right to have a Shield versus New Day feud. I'm into that if that's where it's going. And Justin, I do agree with you that the timing's right. But I really don't like how we got here for the Shield coming back together. I feel like there were just so many ways that it could be more interesting than a hodgepodge tag and singles feud together. Now, I get that to get three guys together is a little tricky. Because how do you get them on this? Better than having the feud be against the Miz Taraj itself. Definitely agree with that. Because, no question. Like, look, I love Bo and I love Curtis Axel. You I, love Curtis Axel? I do. I think they're both pretty funny. What do you funny. love about Curtis Axel? I, I enjoyed his Intercontinental title run. No, you did. I did. No, you did. I really liked the Who match. Who were two of his opponents? The match where he won the title. By stealing the win from Miz when Miz had the oh. uh, figure four locked in, yeah. and then he pinned Wade Barrett instead yeah. uh, before he could tap. I really enjoyed the finish to that match. I, I thought he was pretty good back then, and I think he's funny. I do think he is like a dork. I, I think Bo is funny too. Yeah, but they do not have the cred necessary to take on the Shield, even in a TLC match with weapons. Right, like. That was the one thing where it's like, well, I guess they're swinging chairs like the Shield used to, and anybody can use a weapon to gain an advantage, so maybe they're going to run with the Miztourage. Now, I enjoy the Miztourage as a stable, and I was actually thinking the other day that it's really weird. Last week we talked about how we kind of get stuck in our ways yeah, of, of thinking about someone, but also it's funny how you just like get hypnotized by the current product, because sure. it kind of feels like... 
the Miztourage with Bo and Axel has existed forever now? Yeah. When that's really like a pretty new thing. Super and, recent. And it's hard to think about what either of them were like before this. Which is a sign of how strong it is, I think. And yeah. I've really enjoyed when they entered like the shield this week and they put the fists in. I've liked all this, that they're the, the faux shield. And of course, it, the last two weeks, we've also seen the rehabilitation of Braun Strowman after that shitty Brock Lesnar match. Yeah. Having fire matches with both Seth and Dean over the last two weeks, and that serves two purposes, to make Braun look dominant again and a cool guy who has great matches, and also to break down Dean and Seth in such a way that they are not available to run in and make the save when Roman's right. getting beat up. Yeah. What do, what do you think? Do you think there's any sort of cheapness? Does this feel hot-shotted to you at all, the, the Shield getting back together here? I, it just seems weird. Like I, I like the idea of it closing out a pay-per-view, a run-in of two of them helping the third, and something to that degree. But this yeah. very obvious sort of, but I, I don't it know. Seem, it seems like, though, to reunite them at the end of a pay-per-view, the way to do that is to have them help Roman win the Universal title. But yeah. that's obviously not going to happen because that's a cheap heel way to win the belt. I would have and, loved that. And obviously, this company does not want Roman to eventually beat Brock through nefarious means because right. that doesn't make him look strong. Very strong. Justin, who, let's say the Shield's back. They finished this Miz and Bar feud. Who are some other opponents you'd like to see them face? Well, we just talked about the New Day. Yep. And uh, I think, I don't know, the, you could call up Sanity pretty soon. Yeah. You could call up Authors of Pain and add a third one to that. Did group. you see that picture going around of Authors of Pain and Samoa Joe? Yeah, in fact, I sent that to you. Well, there you go. Yeah, what do you think of that? I don't remember. I would. I think that would be incredible. I, I hate it. I am fully on board. I with hate that. it. Unfortunately, though, I want to see Authors of Pain go to SmackDown. Just to deepen their tag division a And also, bit. I just feel like a lot of the star power goes to Raw quite a bit. I know SmackDown yeah. got Bobby Roode, but like, still... Did we even talk about that Rude Ziggler match? I think that might be the one we forgot. We did forget that. Oh, Go figure. Oh, well, whatever. Who cares? <laughs> Rude's going to Here, win. we can do 10 seconds on it. Rude's Are you into that match? Sort of, yeah. Okay, Because great. the whole thing is about Rude is not a good worker, but I actually think he's a better worker than we think, and I think there's no better person to demonstrate that against than Dolph Ziggler, and he's going to win, and it'll be a good match, and then we're done with this stupid Dolph Ziggler entrance gimmick. I, I don't think Bleacher Report's website, where I pulled the match card from, had that one listed, so it's good to see that they <laughs> care just as much as I do. Uh, Justin, I, I hate the Samoa Joe and uh, Authors of Pain. Because it feels slapped together? Well, it's just, wh why would Samoa Joe need muscle? I guess. His entire thing is that he's just this destroyer on the clutch. If he gets it on you, it's awful. I don't think he needs to be flanked by two big dudes. He, he is the big dude. But he couldn't enter into that in a three-on-one situation. No, but there's ways around. I don't think Samoa Joe needs partners. There's other people I'd like to see. A Sanity, like you say, eventually the Undisputed Era. There's lots of trios action that I think you can go yeah, to. Yeah, exactly. Uh, the, a lot of people who are currently in NXT. And uh, I don't know how many trios there are on the main roster that we can really go Are you down right with now. Thrown Together for the Shield to squash? Because I am. Yeah, possibly. Uh, it's hard to think of who's even on Raw that could like get thrown into something like that. Anybody the on the bottom card. Titus Worldwide could put together Oh, yeah, guys Titus Worldwide has a trio in Tozawa and uh, you Apollo know, Crews Apollo. and Titus. Yeah. Yeah. So, so guys like that, and uh, I think guys like that you could move to. There, there's places to go, and don't get me wrong. I just the think when you have a satellite champion like Brock, and yeah. we're not likely to see Brock Lesnar defend his belt at... TLC. Or maybe we will. Maybe they'll put together Ugh. a feud with like Finn Balor. Except, so except Balor and Bray is still continuing. So that I think doesn't that's just, seem like that's... I think that is just healing, he heating up Balor for Brock. 
I, I'm just not into this Brock title reign right now. Yeah, I, no, I, his I, matches have been absolute crap uh, lately. I want to be clear, though, Justin, despite not liking how it's put together, I do think the timing's right. And when that Shield music hits, I hope they go back to this year, Oto. And, yeah, yeah, and classic. That they, yeah, and that they slow down the music like it was before. And do you think they'll enter through the crowd again? Yeah, I think so. If they do all that, I mean, I'd be an idiot to say that I don't get excited Because, by like, the reason that they stopped bringing Roman through the crowd is that people were, like, throwing garbage at him. Yeah. But if it's the Shield again, people aren't going to do that. And if they do, Dean Ambrose would just go shit kick an audience member and be like throwing <laughs> things at me there yeah, brother exactly that's very good um well, well do you think that the undisputed era doesn't spend a lot of time in nxt then because I, I, that would be kind of hot shotting them to the main roster and putting them into a major feud as well i think i said on the show last week i don't think any of them hold an nxt belt i really do think that like adam cole especially they see a lot in and they're like we talked about last week the top of the card in nxt is stiff enough or stacked enough that they don't need it yeah we barely um, even talked about Adam Cole as part of that. Yeah. I, I think it's also... Upper echelon. Now that they're back together, do you think the individual members of the Shield are better than when they broke up? And does and if so, does that make the Shield better? As workers? I, as total packages. As, yeah, I think every single one of them has had to become a better promo being I think so on their too. own. Uh, you know, Dean kind of already was there when yeah. they had the group together. I think, if anything, he's diminished. And if, again, talking about shitty Brock matches, that's probably the big diminishing factor it's over definitely the, the course big, of his big one. little run here of late. Uh, it's taken him, you know, God, like a year and a half to bounce back from that. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, I, I do think that, that Seth, as a worker, is a much more complete package than he ever was before. Yeah, I agree with that. Though, I mean, he was also the guy who had to kind of uh, carry Roman through a lot of tag matches and mm-hmm. not make him look as green as he might have been at the time. So maybe he was a better worker then than I'm giving him credit for overall. And Roman has to be the most improved of the three, right? Absolutely. He's probably the most improved worker in the entire company I over think, that time. I think that's still Braun. I think you still have to give that to Braun for him. Yeah, you're probably right. Uh, but I do think now that everybody, they're all coming back together as a – you know, they're better than they were before. And that gets me excited, like a new Better Shield. If they go back to those old promo styles, the backstage one with the loose cam, th- these are all things I'm into. And these new and improved guys, yeah. I think you might see a great run. I do think that they need to strike kind of a new dynamic. Because yeah. for it to be the same as it was before, I don't want the Shield to become like the new DX. Or like where, the Hardys or the like Dudleys. It's just nostalgia. Ten years from now, we're watching them still do this, and it's become like the Triple H, Shawn Michaels, fucking Grandpa, Dirty Joke tour, you know? I, I'd be remiss if I didn't bring this up before the round's out. Who breaks them up this time? Uh, gotta be Dean. Yeah, I Dean agree. is due for a heel run. Uh, we've talked about this before, that like it seemed like the only reason for Seth and Dean to reunite was for Dean to turn <laughs> to on turn Seth this time, because of course that's the only way you can turn a heel, it's is to have him betray the shield. Break up the shield, yeah. yeah it's the best uh, way But, heal. you know, I, I, I am excited for this, and fuck, I had a talking point that I completely slipped on i've completely blanked out no problem yeah. do you have anything else you'd like to say about the shield you like hey how about new gear are they gonna have new gear than they did before um i hope seth goes back to like wearing that red stuff yeah. that he was wearing at SummerSlam, and that they all are rocking the red as the shield again yeah i i'm very much looking forward to this and we did touch on it but i think the new day feud is really what i want to see three individual superstars they can only meet at the big four pay-per-views they can do uh, brand specific ones in between it's exciting and i think there's a lot to like about the shield do you think they break it. up before wrestlemania no that's interesting because, of course, Roman is going to be in the singles match against Brock. This and is. who knows what Seth and Dean are up to at that point. I think it is interesting. Still tag team champions, possibly. 
I think that's there's probably a good case for I can listen the round so yeah or that's a little what bit do you of overtime you're there. breaking the rules I, mean, I know I but I got you to break them too this I time. know I you hate always, it you, you always fight against I them. always go <laughs> over you talking I forgot that time but fool me once you, you know what we had a little injury time in there with Dolph Don't, Ziggler yo, and Bobby Roode we had to make it d- off at d- the d- end d- <laughs> Justin, are you ready for uh, a little show I like to call Sunday Night Tweet? I was born ready. Oh, Justin, I'm going to explain the rules this week. This sure. is Sunday Night Tweet, a segment of the show that we do weekly where I, Josh Custodio, scour Twitter.com for the wackiest, weirdest, most fun tweets from members of the active WWE roster. Based off of almost no information, poor Justin Morissette has to guess who the tweeter in question is. Although I think you're on a bit of a hot seat. I did really well last week. And i got to be honest, Justin, I, I picked some of these weeks that I, I think you can get. Okay. I think that uh, you're going to get some of these. I think you're going to do good. I'm cheering for you. How do you feel about getting started? Uh, I feel great about it. Let's go to tweet number one. Perfect place to start. Justin, this tweet has the tweeter in question lying in a bathtub. And the tweet accompanying the photo says, does this make me look tubby? Capital T-U-B. A pun, Justin. You're familiar with these, yes? Of course. Because they're saying, are they like tubby is a synonym for, for overweight. Yeah. But they're in a bathtub. Yeah. You get it? Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a pun. I got you. Yeah, okay. It's, it's, so, who, so who do you think the tweeter in question is here, Justin? Mm. Who likes puns? Maybe take some baths? Who likes puns? Puns and baths. Yeah. Who likes baths is the worst fucking... Oh, I'm a big bath guy. But you know who likes puns? Who's that? Becky Lynch. Justin. It is Becky Lynch. Perfect. You're one for one. You know what? It's weird that they keep billing her as, like, Charlotte's best friend. (laughs) In much the same way that they're doing, like, (laughs) Bailey and Sasha are best friends on Raw. It's, like, really assuming that we have no memory whatsoever. (laughs) Which, as I just talked about with the Miztourage, maybe we don't. Dude, friendships had a tough year so far in the WWE between Owens and Jericho and some others. So it'll be interesting to see what they do with those. Justin, you got tweet number one, but tweet number two, it's a lot more difficult. I... It's spelt in a weird way, so I just have to read this one verbatim. Okay, okay. Tweet number two. I used to believe there was nay such hang as a happy goth. But then I went to Halloween Horror Nights. It's like Christmas for goths. Um, Christmas for goths. Yeah. Uh, that's probably... Uh Sounds like a Bray Wyatt feud, maybe. Or a Bray Wyatt tweet, perhaps. Is your guest Bray Wyatt? No, I'm probably going to go with the Scottish oh, Supernova. I, I, thought no I, had you, I thought I had you, Justin, <laughs> but it indeed it is the Scottish Supernova, no Abdar. His words ring through the ages. How, how, what was the giveaway on that one? Uh, Just uh, that he, he went to the Halloween Horror Night. He oh, seems like a guy who loves carnivals. That makes a lot of sense, yeah, Justin. Let's let us roll into tweet number three, which has the number three in it, which is kind of special. Justin, tweet number three reads as follows. I've spent the past three days thinking about activism, drinking coffee, and second-guessing my fantasy hockey draft picks. Can you give that to me one more time? Absolutely. I've spent the past three days thinking about activism, drinking coffee, and second-guessing my fantasy hockey draft picks. All right, so a socially conscious, probable Canadian. Oh, I don't know about that. You get getting pretty cold. I think it's Sami Zayn. It is Sami Zayn, Justin. You're three for three. You're shot out of a cannon this <laughs> I'm week. I'm doing unreal. Mom, you got to get out your wallet. You might have to buy this boy some chocolate. <laughs> Justin, let's roll into tweet number four. Are you ready? Yeah. Nobody's even quote-tweeted me this week, so I don't have that as a giveaway. I'm doing great. Don't worry, Justin. This is one of the quote-tweets that the kids love. Okay. Justin, the tweeter in question is quoting a tweet from a man named Matthew P., who is uh, shitting 
on the tweeter in question, okay? So I can't read out his tweet, but you need to know that Matthew P, P-E-E, is making fun of a wrestler. Okay. The wrestler in question quote tweets this and simply says, your last name is P. (laughs) 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 He just says... Your last name is P. Disregarding any of the points he made, Justin. Who do you think? Who do you think said that? Ooh. <sighs> who is most likely to shit on someone because of their name? Mm, probably the man going up against Shane McMahon inside Hell in a Cell, Kevin Owens. Justin, it is not. Oh, Kevin Owens, me. your hopes and dreams of have a clean sweep have been destroyed, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I, I once got, again stand superior. I just got power bombed off the top of the cell. I'm so sorry, but Justin, it was. Alistair Black. Oh, what? <laughs> Telling Matthew, your last name is Pete. Hmm. Very good. Justin, you ready for the final tweet this week? Sure. Always one of my favorite times of the year. The start of the NHL season. Hashtag glorious. <laughs> well, with that hashtag, I wonder who it could be. Now, who are you leaning out the mm, gate? I'm thinking like Ty Dillinger, maybe. Mm, okay. Or maybe like... It's entirely possible that Kyle O'Reilly would tweet something. Sure, like he's that. a man who's pretty glorious. Yeah, or maybe even Dolph Ziggler. Perhaps? Oh, yeah, no, he's horrible. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna go Bobby Roode. Though. It is Bobby Roode, Justin. I was hoping that the the hashtag would seem too obvious, and so you'd run in another direction. But alas, you saw right through me like a window, and I. Uh, <laughs> of course. I, what do you that's mean? That's what I'm always doing. What do you mean? Seeing through windows. Think I'm easy to see through? No. I say that's what I'm famous for. I'm, I'm. If you're the janitor, I'm Mr. Windows over here. <laughs> that's my gimmick. Always, and with that, always looking through windows. Let's move on. Kicking my partners through windows. To round of barber shops number three. Round three. Fight. <laughs> Justin, you know what I say? What? I say, let's go. Dun 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 dun. I say, dun, 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 I'm, dun, dun, I'm dun, thinking dun, about dun, activism, dun, dun, coffee, dun, and dun, hockey dun, draft picks over dun, here. Dun, 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 dun. Oh. I actually recently played his theme song on the radio, on Sports Talk Radio. Oh, is that right? Do yeah, people respond well? We had an Edmonton Oilers commentator on the show, and I know that that is their victory song. Oh, really? And any opportunity that I get to play wrestling theme songs... You know me, JC. I I'm going to hop on that shit. I know you pretty well. Yeah. Well, I know you because we're good friends. Absolutely. Justin, let's talk a little bit about Sami Zayn here for 15 L- let's minutes. Let's do it. Uh, I-, I think that my biases need to be clear for this round. Sami Zayn is either my favorite or one of my absolute favorite wrestlers on planet Earth. Not in WWE, just anywhere. I think the world of this guy, I think he can do anything. Now, I question his you know, legs as a heel, but maybe that remains to be seen. I think as an in-ring worker, as a passionate, believable promo, the guy's pretty much unparalleled and one of the most valuable assets WWE has. What, what's your general opinion of Sami Zayn before we get into the nitty-gritty? I mean, this has kind of been a topic that we've had at the ready for a few weeks. That's so right. A kind of like break-in-case-of-emergency topic similar to to uh, the revival of NXT or, uh, you know, Neville was one of those as well. We've had a few that have been, like, on the back burner for a while that, like, maybe if we're short, we can bust into this. We want to talk about this. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I I really do think that, like, 
you know, it's it's come at an interesting time to, to, mm. to break out this topic because it was kind of on the back burner for a while because we felt that he was being criminally underused yeah, I think and you're, underutilized. I think you're right. I'm glad we didn't do this around two weeks ago and because I, a lot's happened in the past two weeks yeah, for our guy, Sammy Yeah, I think he's been actually pretty involved over the last couple of weeks in, in a very prominent role. You know, we talked about him being kind of the, the Ty Dillinger or Aiden English to this Shane McMahon, Kevin Owens. Feud, That's right. But he is so involved in it that I actually think he might get involved in the match this I kind of got that sense watching last night, too, that they might. I don't know what it exactly looks like. Uh, it, now, you think he runs in and aligns with Kevin Owens, I'm I guessing? did say that to you before the show. That yeah. I, I do feel like Sammy tries to get involved. To pr- It seems like his whole thing over the last two weeks is that Kevin has snapped, that he's yeah. gone off the deep end, that he has lost himself in this fury and and egotism that he's become I- I caught up in and that he is trying to stop him from doing something he regrets. And right. I do feel like that he will get involved in the main event on Sunday under that pretense to stop Kevin from doing something terrible, whatever it is that is the big stunt of this match. He'll try to protect Shane McMahon, who he was warning this week. Exactly. That will be how the genesis of him coming and out. then he will eventually help Kevin do exactly what he was going to do, and they will have a heel run together uh, at the top of the card on SmackDown. And maybe that is where you go with the new day. You get this oh. new heel tandem that would feel like the biggest stars on the show in Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn as heels against babyface New Day. Will anyone boo the tag team of Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens? Depending on how they do it, yes. Because I think everybody loves Kevin Owens already, and you still boo him because he's such an asshole. Do you remember um, when Cactus Jack McFoley uh, went to ECW, and in order he was so beloved because he was one of their first sort of bigger stars who had come in. He was known, had such a deathmatch reputation, and so very welcome in the ECW fold. And so for his first heel promo, what he said was, I'm not going to be breaking my body to entertain you people. I'm not going to do this. And he worked like a rest hold style for three months, and he was getting booed out of buildings. I think you can do that with Sami Zayn. Not not the exact thing, but an equivalent where a guy who is normally exciting, if you change his music and he comes out not whatever that stupid ska dance is, if he doesn't do that and he's working a boring style, I think you can get him booed. Well, that's kind of what Kevin Owens was doing when he came up from NXT as this hot prospect that everyone was super into. Yeah. It was Chinlock City, bitch. Headlock master. Yeah, exactly. He was just wrestling the most boring style possible, removing all of these key elements from his offense that people were going to cheer for. And, you know, Sammy could do that, too. It's 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 a very difficult spot uh, that he's in right now and that, like, I am right on the cusp of giving up on him, you know, oh. because of booking. Not that because close? of not because of what he has done, but because like it just doesn't feel like he's someone that they're ever going to believe in if they don't believe in him now. Because like you said, his talents are immense and obvious to anyone yeah. watching. They yeah. should be obvious to the booking committee and Vince McMahon himself because this is the guy who should be your Daniel Bryan replacement. This yep. is your pure white meat babyface. But if you're not going to run with him like that, if you're going to continue to have him losing to unestablished heel talents like Aiden English, <laughs> then 
maybe a top heel run is where it's at for him because at least it's prominent and it's something that we've never seen him do. Yeah, and I think that is the interesting thing to it. Now, for the record, I don't think he's going to be turning heel on Sunday, but I do think he's going to come out. My only fear with this, Justin, and what I'm a little hesitant of is I don't like that the only time Sami Zayn is getting big attention on television is when he's tied to Kevin Owens because that does seem to be the story so far of his WWE career. Every time that he's uh, prominently featured... It's because of his ties to Kevin Owens. And I think long-term that will hurt him. I think he needs to get some sort of super meaty program because every time he does, he home runs it. Think of the Braun Strowman from last year. Absolutely. He honestly, still to this day, I think is Braun Strowman's best ever opponent. Oh, that's yeah, probably yeah. when Braun oh, no, was Roman still now. Be at Roman. his greenest. No, man. I, In terms of how invested I was in a feud, yeah. nothing to me compares to Sammy standing up against Monster Braun. That's so cool. I yeah. was so fucking into that. I wanted him to get that win or at the very least be the guy to haluva kick Braun out of the Royal Rumble. I, um, and we didn't yeah, get either of those I moments. Know. We got no payoff for Sammy in that. And it's like, don't you recognize how pivotal he just was? Not just in like being a great worker who got great stuff out of Braun at a time when he's still at his greenest, but in like getting Braun over as a heel yeah. by being a beatdown babyface. Someone who can do that deserves more... I don't want to say like investment, but like a payoff. You yeah. should you should respect what he has done for you and your projects, and actually maybe view him as a project as well. And to this point, they've still yet to do that. But uh, I don't like. I get what you're saying in terms of that you would rather that he would be on his own. And lo- like, look, I understand that I would kind of prefer that as well. When sure, he yeah, says yeah, yeah. that you know I'm gonna be. This I'm going to do it right, and when I get there, it's going to be worth it. Yeah. I want to believe that because I do feel like the ultimate payoff for a babyface Sami Zayn who never turned ultimately winning that world title is enormous. It's huge. At the same time, I can fully buy his motivations for turning on Shane McMahon here because yeah. these last two weeks, he has done nothing. Underutilized. But, but try to show Shane McMahon as a character. Look, this is all strictly in kayfabe right now. He has done nothing but try to tell Shane McMahon that you do not understand what you're dealing well, with Well, warn here. Shane McMahon, yeah. really. Yeah. yeah, he's been warning him that this is not going to be just some match. This is, you know, you may have tangled with The Undertaker, but this is different. He, like, this is not the Kevin Owens that I've tangled with in the past. This is not the man that I defeated at Battleground. He is animalistic. He is insane. Yeah. And you need to be careful. And at every step of the way, Shane McMahon has said, look, Sammy, I appreciate you maybe trying to help me, but fuck off. Yeah. I got this. And well, for if you're Sami Zayn, I think there would be a lot of reason for you as a character to believably be like, look, dude, you're not even a fucking wrestler. So <laughs> when I'm trying to look out for you, maybe show some respect and listen. I'd love to hear him say that and show that sort of fire. My, I really had a problem with the angle two weeks ago when uh, Owens and Sami Zayn had that match to headline SmackDown and Owens has a semi-competitive match with them. Then Shane McMahon comes out and Owens runs away from him. So Owens is willing to fight Sami Zayn, but oh no, not not Shane McMahon. I hated that. I hated how it made Sami Zayn look like such a putz. Why would why on earth would Kevin Owens be more scared of I mean, he's already been beat down by this formidable opponent in Sami Zayn. He's not at his best. I think that if that were the case they would have sold that as him being tired. I think not. what it is is that they're just trying to, you know, stretch out the the physical confrontation between the two. Definitely. Of them. 
It uh, still pissed me off. I, and I understand that. But I thought the match was actually pretty good overall. It was good, yeah. I mean, those two are always yeah, great well, together. It, what do you expect? That's the thing. You a know? squash match between those two would probably be better than a lot of matches on some cards. Is there a way, though, for Sammy to get involved here and remain a babyface? Because <sighs> I don't know that there necessarily is. I don't want to see him help Shane win. I, I don't want... I don't want I don't want Shane to win at all, but if he does win, I don't want the reason to be that Sami Zayn came out and helped him either. What if I told you that I think Sami Zayn is the one taking the big bump on Sunday, not Shane McMahon? That could be a potential star-making moment. That's been my working theory since uh, last night watching SmackDown. I really think he's going to come out and there's going to be that clear moment. Kevin Owens said very specifically, closing out SmackDown, I believe, last night, saying... I'm going to throw you off the cage. He said that clear as day. You're not going to jump off the cage. I'm going to throw you off the cage, I think was the line. Mm-hmm. And that just triggered something for me where I really think he's going to be up there. Shane McMahon might be on, you know, not unconscious, but, you know, out of sorts. And Sammy comes out and tries to Scales. stop him this moment that I teased earlier. Exactly. But you're going the other way with it. And while Shane McMahon's down, Sammy Zayn gets grabbed by Kevin Owens. And it's thrown off the cage. And that's the distraction that Shane needs to mount the offense that he needs to win the exactly match. Exactly right. I really think that that's a likely outcome for Sunday. Uh, I don't hate it for Sami Zayn. Besides, I feel terrible for his body because those sort of things are horrible. Yeah. But I think if uh, people like to compare him to Mick Foley in terms of the innate likability, I guess I just did it with the ECW angle too. Yeah. But they both have like an innate likability. And I think sort of the parallels between Foley going off the top of the cage and Sami going off the top of the cage would be there too. So I think that's... I'm not going to say... I mean, my... he, he kind of is. Him and Owens both are the guys who do take the punishing bumps. Oh yeah, in these ladder matches. Every multi-man match in. they're in. Yeah, it's always those two killing each other. Absolutely, and uh, you know, it's it's funny to to see that he doesn't have really much of a program anywhere at all at any time really for the yeah. last several months now because like <laughs> sort of Mike Bennett like you look at what he was doing in that money in the bank match and I desperately wanted him to win it because I felt like that could be a fun dynamic of him being this like nerd overthinking his every move <laughs> yeah. like constantly trying to calculate his cash in there's a lot of humor in that and it's good humor that I think is like effective for a babyface uh overall and and doesn't make him look like an annoying geek which is kind of where they were maybe going in the wrong direction for a bit there. Yeah, on Raw, I felt like they were definitely making out to be like that annoying overthinker. But but I didn't I didn't hate those as much as some other people. Him being like this overthinking strategist. I remember he teamed with AJ and a third person, maybe Nakamura. It was once. Nakamura. Thanks. Yeah. yeah, that was in the lead up to the Money in the Bank match. That's right. And I actually liked that moment where they were sort of like, listen, we'll just go out there and wrestle. But he's this analytical uh, ADD, he's trying to approach it like real sports. Yeah, exactly. Like you need a strategy at all times and because I, I can appreciate somebody bringing that sort of legitimacy. Now that you bring it up, though, heel Sami Zayn in terms of just what he would look and act like would definitely be interesting because to me, he's one of the most pure, true baby faces they have. And so those sometimes can make the very best heels. Do you, of examples do you just of kind of play up his hipster tendencies? That's interesting. Just to a negative tilt. I, I hadn't considered that. I, I think he has to be a tough guy if he's paired with Owens. I, I, I don't know that uh, hipstery pretentious. I could see him being kind of like a social, social justice warrior <laughs> heel, which could attract some very negative attention. To the you would probably overall. defend that too, though. I, I mean, yeah, probably because like heat is heat, man. Get it how you need to. Yeah, sometimes you have to murder somebody to get some heat. That's Look, what I you know say. that I'm a progressive person and that I'm able to separate <laughs> what's real and what's fake. And I would know that no matter what Sammy ever said as a heel, deep down he is a truly wonderful person. Of course. He is like the 
top humanitarian in a company that prides itself on on having all of these charitable initiatives. I think what he does for Syria is extremely commendable. Hashtag and I, Sammy for Syria. Yeah, and, and obviously there have been other people, heels even, like you, even when Tyler Breeze was a heel, him and Kevin Owens were both heels at yep. the time and tried to do a lot to uh, help Fort McMurray when it had burned down, basically. Oh, that's right. Yeah, so there is Alberta a precedence fire. for heels also having charitable initiatives and being able to separate that kind of using my star status to still help people while at the same time being a despicable on-screen character. Look, I know that Sami Zayn is a great human being. Yeah. And that gives him a lot of latitude to step on television and say whatever he wants that could be as horrible as possible. Like you have some cachet. I think that's that's interesting that he has like goodwill built up with you. Just Did you see his tweet last week quote-tweeting Daniel Bryan by I chance? I did, yeah. Yeah, so Daniel Bryan basically said that he had been disappointed with how Sami Zayn had been used on SmackDown, and they really pushed to get him, but they didn't think it had been a great job. And Sami Zayn said, yeah, to say the least. Do you think that that, that, that can play into a character motive also? Because, that's, yeah. Shane, you want to talk about this being the land of opportunity? Exactly. Where the fuck is my opportunity, bitch? Yeah, if he's going to be heel, I think that that's also an angle he could take. So maybe you're right. Maybe there are seeds planted that I've just completely missed. But my prediction is that he's taking a big bump on Sunday in trying to help Shane McMahon. I mean, it's tough to call them seeds. It's just that I... There are moments where I can see that this could have justifiable motivation where it wouldn't be so far out of left field for this to happen. Yeah, I don't think and it's the, the craziest. Personally, picture. I would love it because it would put him right at the top of the card. <laughs> and with that, we will uh, take a peek at the, at the Twitter mailbag this oh, week. Oh, we got some questions. Yeah, we got some questions. I believe Nicholas Pickles once said... It's letter time. It's, <laughs> it's letter, letter time. time. I think Nicholas Pickles once said, is that his real name? <laughs> and we found out that is not the case. <laughs> Certainly not. He's a radio, radio DJ in Buffalo. Absolutely. Uh, Justin, uh, do you want to field the first one, or uh, do you want to do this? Uh, Yeah, sure. Okay. Here, you can read that aloud to me, then. All right. This one comes to us from uh, Caitlin H. Hello. Very hello. very kind listener of the show. Oh, amazing does person. her best to promote it to her uh, wrestling friends and followers we every always single week on Twitter. And, of yeah. course, you can do that as well. We always appreciate it when we do uh, see that. Blair Pacheco, of course, often does that. Anyone too. who does that, I love you very much. Yeah, you are my true friend, and you are invited to Thanksgiving dinner this week. Justin, actually, before we start the questions this week, I just want to say that uh, we found today that we had some uh, reviews of the show that we just hadn't seen because they were on the U.S. iTunes store. Yeah. Uh, these were so kind. Yeah. Uh, you guys made my day today. In so. fact, there was a question attached to one of those reviews, so I'll get to that later. I was hoping we, you would. Okay. Once we wrap up the Sorry to interrupt, here. Caitlin. Here's your question. But Caitlin asks, most underrated deathmatch weapon? Wow. She says, bonus points if it's a cheese grater. <laughs> it's not a cheese grater. Listen, folks, come sit under the knowledge tree of hardcore wrestling for a moment, won't yes. you? Because the most underrated deathmatch weapon the is... The king of watching the deathmatch is <laughs> sitting right here. <laughs> yeah, you have Mick Foley, king of the deathmatch, <laughs> yeah. and Matt Tremont, king of the deathmatch tournaments, and Joshua the Gender Custodio. King of watching the deathmatch tournaments. Hell yeah. Actually, you came over and you watched the I, main I event. I the end of it. Yeah, the Nick Gage Invitational. What were your thoughts on that, the Nick Gage Invitational? Uh, I think I came right at the right time. <laughs> and then I caught like the last 10 minutes of the final match of the tournament. So you saw the wine rack spot. Yeah, the wine rack spot, which was truly incredible. <laughs> I honestly was scared for them <laughs> having to even breathe. Because yeah. the mist coming off of all of those broken... Uh, neon bulb tubes. Yeah, fluorescent light tubes. Yeah, was just like 
horrific. For those of you who may not have seen it, aka all of you, yeah. uh, it, in the finals of the Sorry, Nick fluorescent light tubes. That's right, not neon lights. I was with you. I'm a real fucking uh, idiot and, over here. No, you're not. You're a lovely man. the The finish of uh, Matt Tremont versus Nick Gage in the finals of the tournament was uh, Matt Tremont put what do you think? Maybe 20 light tubes. Oh, more than that. Maybe 30 it was light the tubes. Entire wine rack yeah. stacked to the brim with light tubes. It might have been 50 light tubes. And he then took Nick Gage to the top rope and he powerbombed him through all of these horizontal sitting Well, light originally tubes. it looked like it was going to be a Frankensteiner. Yeah. So Gage took him up That's and then he countered into a powerbomb and then immediately pinned him while this like <laughs> mist of fluorescent toxins basically or like glass shards i have no idea what it was was just like floating all in the air around them yeah don't breathe this yeah if you're nick gage how do you not breathe i mean you probably just die yeah yeah you Uh, just inhaled glass shards but justin don't you worry i've got the the right answer to this question uh don't you worry i know you were fretting maybe somebody wouldn't bring the right answer here i am bringing the right answer it's a shopping cart justin because when people bring shopping carts into death matches funny things always happen the wheel portion of them they're always go spinning around they have no give on them. There's a great um, – who was it? Uh, shoot, I can't uh, – Marcus Crane and uh, – I can't remember the other gentleman's name. G-Raver. Marcus Crane and G-Raver. And he takes a senton onto a shopping cart. Oof. And, I mean, they just have zero give to them. They are, and the grading, they leave marks on the guys' backs. I mean, shopping carts are a tremendous deathmatch weapon. But you, they take up so much room in the ring that you don't see them all that often. But sometimes you see an unconscious body put into one, tipped out of the ring. They're always tremendous. It's definitely the shopping cart, hands down. Now, there are some great comedy options here. Sure, go ahead. Yeah, uh, yeah. We, of course, are looking forward to Halloween Hell. I'm the, very excited for that. The upcoming ECCW show in Vancouver. I was thinking we should do a preview show for that, maybe. Maybe. I think we'll let's save that for the ballroom brawls. All right, me. fine. I, I just feel like it keeps the ballroom brawls Well, special. maybe I should debut my voice memos on the toilet preview shows for oh, that. Oh, maybe, yeah. We yeah. could put that out on the feed. Yeah. yeah Regardless, yeah. Uh, <laughs> the, the thing that's special about Halloween Hell, we talked about this on the show a couple weeks ago, is that the fans bring the weapons for the hardcore match. That's right. Event. Uh, might not be the main event. It wasn't the last time I was out there. Xavier Galaxy should always be in the main event. Regardless, uh... There was a great – it was an election season last time I was there. So somebody had an NDP campaign sign. <laughs> really? Like not even uh, one of the wooden ones, like one of like the like kind of canvassy yes, plastic yes, yes. ones. And then they tried to hit somebody over the head with it. And, and like it stretched. It didn't, it didn't break. Like the plastic just like widened, which was really funny. Uh, and somebody also brought uh. a cheap – canvas painting to the match. I saw that. Where yeah. somebody numerous times tried to hit them over the head with the painting so that their head would poke <laughs> through the canvas but it wouldn't break either. The oh, canvas would not dead. rip. And that is a perfect cartoon moment to have somebody's head poke through a canvas painting. 100%. I really wanted that to happen and clearly the wrestlers did too because they kept, kept attempting to the, the spot <laughs> over and over again. But it didn't happen. I think though ultimately uh, you know, a street sign is probably a Those great, great weapon yeah. too. That was uh, also at the last Halloween. Oh no, that was Halloween Hell I think. Uh, I mean, it's just, just a common thing in hardcore yeah, yeah, matches yeah. in general. But I mean, if we're talking death matches, best overall prop, how can you not go with the canvas bag full of thumbtacks? Oh yeah. It's always amazing. Look, I don't particularly like it in death matches necessarily because 
you might take too many bumps. Like when you take a face buster into yeah, it instead of a back you might, bump? you might take too many bumps into <laughs> it overall. But as just an addition to, like, say, a TLC match like we saw at one of the uh, ballroom brawls a couple That's years right. ago where uh, our friends uh, Nick Pesky and Fergie, in fact, were oh, defending their right, tag titles. And then uh, there was a huge sack full of tacks that was spread all over a table. And then somebody took a drop off the top of the ladder through that table to end the match. Incredible stuff. And that's, that's when I like tax spots, and I've, we've talked about this before, when it's the final bump of yeah. the match. I don't want to see somebody have to take a tax spot and then continue to wrestle for 15 minutes. That's horrific. But the best example of it's that Foley Triple H street fight at uh, Royal Rumble 2000. Yeah, that, which, of course, we both moment. said is probably our favorite match, yeah. period. It's always my answer for that. Justin, you ready for the next question? Absolutely. <laughs> Why don't I read it to you? Sure. <laughs> okay, I'm about to. <laughs> wow, look <laughs> at this guy. <laughs> Over <laughs> here. What's he doing? <laughs> this one comes to us from the Borgman superfan at Blair Pachico. And Blair asks, hey, boys, what's your wrestling bucket list? So, Or, sorry, what's on your wrestling bucket list? So something wrestling-related that you'd like to do before you die. Uh, I've always wanted to attend a WrestleMania. Yeah, that's a good That's one. kind of been something that I've talked about with friends for years and years, but I'm always just too poor yeah. uh, to make it happen, uh, unfortunately. But say WrestleMania was like somewhere where I didn't necessarily have to fly to. Seattle. Like I came back to Seattle again. Yeah. That's like my biggest regret is being a lapsed fan when it was in Seattle. Right. Because having to have been at that would have been amazing. And I feel like over the last five years, WrestleMania has kind of like grown as a major event. Definitely. Like it's, it's not, a cultural. It's, it's much bigger now than it would have been when it was in Seattle at that time. Oh, no like, doubt dude, about think it. Think about WrestleMania 2000. Different that, world. That event was held in the Arrowhead Pond, like the, the was same really? arena that the Anaheim Ducks play in. Like, capacity 17,000. That's, That's what hosted WrestleMania in 2000. Wow, it's a different world now. Yeah. It's the Dallas Super Cowboy Stadium, Insanity. Man. Yeah, so... Uh, that's always been a dream of mine. And then, like, yeah, I don't know. Like, even to have been in, like, Toronto for the Survivor Series weekend. Would have been amazing. To, to be in a, in a spot where you can hit NXT, pay-per-view, Raw, SmackDown, four in a row. Mm -hmm. I think I would be exhausted of wrestling by the end of it. You definitely would But be. at the same time, yeah, because I've even done house show, then Raw. Oof, and that was exhausting. That's a lot, yeah. Four shows would be a lot. But to have some of those shows be a big four pay-per-view and an NXT takeover... But I think I would be fired up on adrenaline that whole weekend. It would be so great. No doubt. Uh, mine's uh, maybe less grand. I just want to crush a beer with the Sandman. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I yeah. would uh, love to do that. Blair did say, like, what wrestlers would you like to meet also? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not just events that you would like to go to. Yeah, just and any I, wrestling bucket. I desperately like. would love to meet Daniel Bryan. Right. Just to get the opportunity to tell him, like, how much he means to me. Oh, man. And just I what, want that to happen, What a too. special place he holds in my soft little heart. How drunk would the Sandman and I get together? Oh, enormously. Like, who do you think at this age can drink more, me or Sandman? Sandman yeah, still, me too. for sure. Me too. Yeah. Oh, what a treasure. He's got, he's got his little portal pockets where just like 17 beers keep coming out. <laughs> Justin, uh, you want to read me a question? Yeah, this one comes to us from Michael J. Foist, who Hello, one Michael. Of those people who wrote a very kind review in the American store. You angel. And he writes, what living wrestler do you think you would get along with the least if you met them or the most? And Josh cannot say Sami Zayn. Yeah, that's... 
I didn't, you know, I feel like I should be able to say Sami Zayn, Michael. I mean, listen, why am I limited? But uh, who I would get along with the least? Randy Orton kind of strikes me as a prick. Uh, I'm not really all that interested in hanging out with Randy Orton. Lately, as he's demonstrated this kind of nerd gamer side to himself, as he plays all these tournaments with AJ Styles in them, I think maybe I might get along with Orton better than I think because he has, like, the look and physique and kind of carries himself as someone who would be kind of a bully. Yeah. But also, he vapes and plays video games. So, uh, somebody else who vapes and plays video games, I think I would probably get along best with uh, the Big Show, honestly. Yeah, Big Show. So, you're saying Big Show for you. I think that's a pretty good pick, actually. It crossed my mind for sure. I also considered, like, Kevin Owens, but you 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 never know. He's somebody that I admire and would love to meet. But I think, like, Big Show would probably just be a friendlier dude. Like someone you just hang out with. Yeah, and also he seems hilarious. Yeah, 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 yeah. As a human being. So I'd love to hang out with him. So my answer for don't want to meet Randy Orton, but who I would like to hang out with the most I think get along with is uh, definitely The Rock. I think uh, Rocky and I would probably have a pretty good weekend together, you know. He loves being a giant movie star. I like... You know, kind of doing my thing. (laughs) Just not the exact same pace, but... Like, he's wildly successful. Yeah. I'm kind of a failure. But, 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 we have a lot in common. I think I'd love hanging out with The Rock. I don't know. This, like, don't want to meet thing or think that you wouldn't get along with, it's a tough question. Because, look, I have interviewed a lot of people right. over the years. I've had some big musicians on my other podcast. Wow. We've, we've had some wrestlers on this show who, you know, I think one of the most divisive things, the number one thing that I would think is, like, would be a cause for me to not get along with someone is politics, essentially. Yeah, if they weren't a racist. Uh, no. <laughs> Just, like, you know, but but I'm always surprised. Like, I see it from time to time, and people that I really respect and admire, people that I've interviewed, whether it's on this show or Real Good Show, who, like, follow these alt-right personalities on Twitter and, like, yeah. retweet that shit and, like... It's disappointing. And seem like that's their personal politics. But at the same time, that's not who they are when you hang out with them. Yeah, of course not. But but still, it's not... I, I know what you mean. I, I'm surprised neither of us brought up Xavier Woods. Yeah. He seems like a guy that we'd probably, probably like Absolutely. to Absolutely. But, um, yeah, I just, like... Yeah, to me, that, that like, that's... I know from experience when I've met these people in the past who have these maybe political holdings or personal leanings that I find to be despicable, that's not what we ever talk about when we right. hung out. Right. So it's hard for me to be like, I wouldn't get along with that person at all when I know I've already interviewed those people before and had a fucking wonderful time doing <laughs> it. So I hate to like cop out, but I think the answer there for me is probably no one. Other than, like, maybe Byron Saxton, who seems just like (laughs) a big fucking nerd. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Tell us how you really feel. Justin, did you read that question or I? I don't remember. Uh, You did, I think. No, I did. You you read this one. You want me to read this one? Yeah, because I just read the last one. Okay, hang on. Yeah. I just read it. Here you go. Now you read it a lot. Okay. I read it. This one comes to us from uh, (laughs) my friend Mitch Pollock. Hey, Mitch. Uh, Studio, or rather, music producer for... Q on CBC. Q on CBC. Great yeah. show. Great show. Great man. And of course, Tom Power loves wrestling as well. Love everything I've, about this. I've talked about multiple times on the show lately. Yeah. It's yeah. the one thing I know about Tom Power. Yeah. <laughs> Mitch Pollock asks, which move in the history of wrestling would be the grossest to take? Oh. Oh, geez. A couple come to mind. I, I have my see. answer. Okay, you go ahead. It's got to be think. the Bronco Buster. Oh, or no. maybe grossest? the R- Rikishi. The, the stink face? Yeah. Yeah, that's a bad one. I, I'm going to go with uh, the Nasty Boys' pit stop. Do you remember that move? No, I don't. They'd hit him with a jab, 
and then they would pull them into their armpit, like mid-match, oh. super sweaty, and like rub their face in their armpit. It was called the pit stop, done by the Nasty Boys. I think Ew. I brought up a match of theirs a couple weeks ago, them versus the Steiner Brothers. Talking yeah, about how much I liked we watched it. it. There you go. You yeah. I, watched it I don't think he hits a pit stop in that one. No, but, yeah, but it was an extremely stiff match where I'm pretty <laughs> sure they were shooting on each other legit. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I got to go with the pit stop by the Nasty Boys, a face full of sweaty armpit. Any move where they're like rubbing their genitals in your face, <laughs> yeah. like the Bronco Buster, or yeah. I'm I'm gonna say probably the the the, the stink face. Those are both. Kishi. I think those are both super fair. I, I mean, it's a super funny move to watch. Yeah, I love that it exists. <laughs> I just would never want to take it. <laughs> Justin, that's all of our questions for this week. That's not true because oh. we got one attached to our American uh, review. You're right, Justin. You're right. Jeez, wow. pay attention to the things that I say sometimes, Josh. But I, I would kill you to do that. You know what? Listen, I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> this one comes in attached to a, a review from Kane Break. And thank you so much for this review. It was so sweet. A very kind review that says, This podcast hits that sweet spot between Mark and Smark that most do not. And they answer all the hard-hitting questions. Like... Which member of Titus Worldwide should be installed as the head football coach at Titus's alma mater at the University of Florida? So if you want to write in with a question that you know we're going to read, then I suggest you review the show on iTunes. It I guarantee like you will get on the show Absolutely. if you put a question in your review. on, Unless it's one star, then... Yeah. Yeah, fuck you, really. Yeah, when the question would be like, who the fuck would want to listen to this? <laughs> That's the question. <laughs> Why are they so dumb? Yeah, exactly. Which, frankly, if that is you out there, we're in that review, I relate, and we are very dumb. Look, I think the obvious answer here is Titus himself. I was thinking Tozawa. Because he is like a player agent, and he's a former football man, so he's got a mind for the game. But sure. Yeah, I think you're right there in that the guy who would actually get everybody fired up, he <gasps> doesn't have to give any sort of speech. Nope. He walks into the locker room at intermission and he just does his ha 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 I mean, everybody's going to be fired up. The entire locker room starts doing it. They run out there. They don't even use the door. They run right through the wall. Through the wall. (laughs) Hitting sentons all over the place. It's, uh, yeah, Tozawa, definitely. And again, thank you for that very kind review. If you go and uh, maybe I'll parlay into this here, guys. We love doing this show, Justin and I. We do. We like hanging out. We love talking. We watch all this shit. We might as well talk about it. Absolutely, we do. Uh, So if you could go rate, review, subscribe, tell your friends, all these fun things. I understand if you don't want to tweet about wrestling, you don't want to expose yourself as a loser. I get it. I mean, you really should because uh, who cares what people think about you? We've had this conversation before. You and I wouldn't be friends if we didn't tweet about wrestling. Exactly right. And there's a multitude of other reasons, but there's so many things you can do. Easiest, just tell people about the show. Go tell your wrestling watching friends. Be like, hey, Josh and Josh. Justin, they do kind of a good thing. Yeah. Mostly Josh, but kind of Justin, too. They yeah. do a pretty good because thing. Because, look, there have been some great wrestling podcasts over the years. Not really. But most of them are gone now. Yeah. They love breaking up. They're, they're like, every great tag team, their their run comes to an end. Bauer and Pollock has been a more regular thing lately. Yeah, and because I, they know we're hot on yeah, their heels. Exactly. With our rising exactly. listener numbers. We yeah. are the force that is, like, driving them back <laughs> together because... Look, they feel like they've been replaced by another hot duo out there. Uh, but, you know, like Cheap Heat back in the day when yeah. when the Masked Man was still on it, that was a great podcast. Gone. Unfortunately, he's not on it, and his solo show leaves a lot to be desired. And Peter Rosenberg is probably the worst person on Earth. 
<laughs> so, you know. Even Stone Cold seldom talks about wrestling anymore. It's always him and Teddy Fowler being like, I like uh, to hunt. Yeah, hunting <laughs> down on the ranch there, just shotgunning some beers, Teddy. Uh, no, he doesn't drink beer now. No, super, he's like, oh, swig of water for the working man. And he's Awful. always like, I got the knife that I need to sell you. <laughs> so and really, I got brain pills. Justin, I'm, this is honest from the bottom of my heart. I think not only are we the best po- or wrestling podcast, yeah. we're just the best podcast at this point. I and, think we're uh, simply the greatest, greatest, greatest part of us. We're burning up in your ears, your ears. <laughs> I, I like that. Yeah. Uh, and since the, those two are hardly on TV, I suppose. He was on this week. Oh, yeah, I guess and that's they, true. They, con- they started to congratulate him. They were like, congratulations, uh, yeah, yeah, Mike. Yeah. Because Maria is pregnant, I was like thinking that they were going to congratulate him on graduating out of his rehab program. And I was like, wow, this is a bold thing to acknowledge on television. That would have been very Did forward. Did not turn out to be what I thought. But then again, once again, Mike and Maria are just kind of like the knockoff Miz and Maurice. No There's nothing kidding. that they will not steal. Yeah, even pregnancy. Exactly. Heels. Justin, anything else you want to get out of your system before mm. we uh, leave the show this week? I just wish that this pay-per-view was not taking place on Canadian Thanksgiving. Oh, yeah, because yeah. Because I feel like this is like the one pay-per-view maybe the first pay-per-view like this year that I don't think we're going to be able to watch together as a group. Yeah, I don't think so either just for uh, everybody's going to be out doing their family thing. Unless, yeah. But I don't work the next day if we want to do like a midnight viewing like we yeah. do for the takeovers. I might do that. that. For sure. That. Uh, it's yeah. just a weird spot to be, yeah. to put it, you I know. I want to be eating Thanksgiving with my parents and sisters. They're very thoughtful about when they place pay per views for American yeah. holidays. You know, Kevin Owens is in the main event. Maybe you throw a little consideration maybe to the Canada guy, too. You maybe fucks. the yeah, you piece of shit. God damn you! Can I swear for man. a second? Absolutely. Hey, shut up, boys. That was to the WWE. Oh, okay. I'm really fired up. Can I uh, bring a segment that I started on Real Good Show this week over oh. to this podcast as Yeah, well? sure. What is it? It's called uh, Come On, Man with <laughs> Justin Morissette. And this one... Hang on. Can I sing a theme? Yeah, sure. You know you're doing the best you can, but he's gonna call you out. Justin says, come on, man. Mm-hmm. This one's directed at the chairman himself, Vince McMahon. Listen up, Vinnie Mac. Come on, man. Come on. Just come. Come on, man. Are you serious? Come on. Is this the whole? That's the whole segment. There it is. Oh, I it's, didn't a need great, to write... it's a great bit. I didn't need to write the theme, no. though. Wow, that was super short. You could just... It's just you saying, come on? Yeah, no, it's very effective, though. You know, what else needs to be said? I mean, all right, people, tweet tweet at the show account at Top Marks Pod. Let me know if you like, come on, man, with <laughs> Justin Morissette. I mean, the segments I bring to the show, we got Drummer Slab, the Who Won the Round, Look, Sunday think, Night Tweet, I and think, it's just you saying, come on, man? I think the people will find that come on, man, is the best segment we've ever done on this show before. <laughs> well, please. Right to the point. It's super effective. It didn't take 15 minutes. The, the problem is our listeners prefer you so if I put up a poll they'll just side with you I just you know I just think that there's probably only one thing that's left to be said at this point just tell them Justin take it home baby yeah Uh, if you're out there if you're listening right now look life can be difficult it can we know this we know sometimes 
uh, you get super kicked in the face by some upstart in your office. Definitely true. And, and then he like does a frog splash <laughs> on you, and you're bleeding from the head, and you're an old man, and you don't know why this is happening to you. Yeah. Sometimes these things happen it to does your happen. dad, and you get really mad about it, and you need to settle the score. Look, life can throw you all kinds of curveballs. That is, is true. What I'm saying. But no matter what happens, you need to be spicy. You know? Well, yeah. That's how you roll with the punches. No, I'll roll with the punches here because it's, it's important to remember that on top of being spicy, with spice comes heat. You must be hot. And, of course, nobody wants you to taste bad, so you may as well taste great. Because, because you're Curry Man! Titus Worldwide! Titus Worldwide!